Welcome to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, where America's top cleaning expert shows you the ins and outs of keeping a clean home and a clean business. From expert advice to cutting-edge interviews, Debbie uses her 30 years experience to bring you the insight you need to be cleaning up. And now, here's your host, Debbie Sardone. Welcome back to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. If you have ever had a dream of becoming an entrepreneur and owning your own business, then whatever you do, don't touch that dial and listen in today because we have an expert in studio with us that I've been very excited to interview for a couple of months trying to get her booked since she's so busy. And we have uh, Aaron Smith who is a best-selling author and an entrepreneur. And uh, Erin Smith started her entrepreneur journey over 13 years ago when she started investing in real estate across the country. Since then, she has started several other businesses in various industries, and she sold them. After being told time and time again by others they would like to start a business but just didn't know how, she launched the starters club so she's the president and founder of the starters club it's a place to learn business fundamentals uh, content creation and social media marketing strategies and i know how important that is she's also a podcast host a speaker and a mother of two and a best-selling author of the book master the start. So Aaron Smith, thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad we got to connect. I know you're a hard lady to reach, but I know <laughs> you're busy. And you know what they say, if a person is busy, that's probably the one you want to be around because they're getting more done than anybody else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so Very true. Um, I've, it's really an exciting topic because people in this country want to be independent, even career-minded people who've had jobs or worked in corporate America their entire life often have dreams of becoming their own entrepreneur. I was telling you before we started uh, on the show this morning about a man that I've known for many, many years, and he's had a dream. He works in corporate America, and he's had a dream the entire time I've known him, which wow. is probably about 10 years of starting his own business. And every time we meet, you know, run into each other or meet for coffee, I say, okay, are, are you a little bit closer to starting your own business? And he just shakes his head. And I know he's disappointed he hasn't started. He shakes his head and he says, no, not yet. I'm still waiting for the right moment. You know, he's got job security, has guaranteed income. He's got the 401k. He has the health insurance on the job. So what do you say to the entrepreneur that can't quite seem to get started? Well, there's a few things. And I always love to compare starting a business with having children. Uh, a lot of people are frozen by the questions they don't know the answer. You know, they, and they don't even know some of the questions they need to ask. So they're frozen in this, I don't have all the answers. But... I've yet to meet a parent <laughs> who has all the answers. And, you know, we owe it. We, when's that right time? When's that right financial time? And there never is. There never is going to be that perfect moment where it all lays out. Because I, I suffer from the just a little bit more. Uh, I uh, well just I just need a little bit more in my savings. I just need a little bit more education. I just need a little bit more of this. And a little bit more never goes away. Never happens. It's a paralysis of analysis. Yeah, exactly. So it, it comes down to you, you 
how bad do you want it? And, and that's what I always ask people, like, are you going to regret this decision, you know, for your friend? Do you look back and say, wow, I could have gotten so much more done. 10 years has gone by. Like, am I going to regret this if another 10 years go by? Am I going to be, am I happy? And I know that, you know, business isn't the solution for happiness at all. Like, but for me, as much as, yeah, a, a good insurance policy would be great. Let's be honest. But I couldn't do it. I couldn't, you know, two days sitting in traffic, being away from my children isn't worth it to me. So you have to really sit down and say, you know, am I going to regret this? What's it worth to me? Why do I want to do this? And and there's going to be moments that business is not the easy answer, you know, if you really want this, but what, it, you know, life is short. Life it, is short. You know, it sounds like, and, and really this just occurred to me after hearing what you said, it sounds like so many people who can't quite get started on their entrepreneurial dream are so focused on all the things they will give up. I'm going to give up a secure job. I'm going to give up a guaranteed mm-hmm. paycheck. And they never make a list, whether mental or on paper, of the things they're giving up by not starting their entrepreneurial journey. Exactly. Like they never look at, you know, what they're going to gain. Like to me, the free to come down here at, you know, it's 11 o'clock now just to be able to drive down here at 11 o'clock. I'm out of traffic. And you didn't have to ask anybody's permission. You didn't have to clock out or ask for a half a day of vacation time. (laughs) Exactly. And it's like I got to spend the morning with my children. My children are three and four. So this is crucial. I the last thing I want to do is have a successful career and look and I've got an 18 and 17 year old who don't know me. You're like, when did that happen? <laughs> exactly. Cause it's already, you know, three and fours happen so fast. So I've really set down my priorities and said, okay, dog rescue is important to me. I need something that's flexible that I can, you know, incorporate that into my life. And all of these things, if I were to take them away from my life to have security would make me miserable and it's so just not worth it to me. Maybe draw up a list, whether exactly. it's mental or, and probably even best on paper of the things you're giving up by not giving up the career that's keeping you from yeah. starting the the yeah. uh, the business that yeah. you had hoped to start. And the other thing I have my students do is write, just make a list of all the questions you need answered. Just make a list and, and start saying, well, I don't have, you know, I, I need to know how to build a website. I don't know how to build a website. I need to understand manufacturing. I'm going to have to have somebody manufacture this. I need to understand the legalities of starting a business. Just start to write down those questions and the technical how-tos. Yeah, the, Just technical, the technical how-tos. Yeah, exactly. Like all the things that you think you need in order to start this business, but you just don't know. And just start asking people like, hey, anybody, I, I need somebody who's a, a great business lawyer. Anybody know anybody I can talk to? Or, you know, anybody have experience manufacturing? You're going to, you know, with social media, you have access to everyone now. And you're going to be amazed at who in your network knows somebody who can either introduce you to somebody or point you in the right direction and by putting that one foot in front of the other the trail continues to appear but you're never going to see it if you don't begin you know it's kind of like something I say to my clients and I I, you know I think we've talked about this before I do business consulting and training with maid service owners Mm -hmm. all over the world about either how to improve their business or to fix it operationally if it's an absolute mess or improve their profits and one of the first things I say to people when they're beginning to feel overwhelmed Mm -hmm. with all the things they need to do or change or implement in their business and I like to say how do you eat an elephant One bite at a time. One bite at a time. And so many uh, potential entrepreneurs are looking at their entrepreneurial dream as this gigantic elephant in the room, and they don't even know where to begin. And you're saying one foot in front of the other, one step at a time. 
make your list pursue who's going to be your website designer who's going to be that attorney to draft those agreements or or whatever and just get started exactly and you know explore it like I always share the story too I really I love to bake I love and I'm like I want to get I want to have a bakery you know that was my dream (laughs) and so I took classes and I went and studied with Lauren Kitchens here in town she's got a great cake shop and took really extensive courses with her is that really her last name Kitchens yeah (laughs) that's great that's so fantastic but yeah perfect name but um I I got into it I'm like I don't want to do this for a business. And it was, it wasn't like sad to me. It wasn't, I'm going to force this. It was like, eh, this is, I'm good. I, I, I like to bake. I'm going to keep it at home, but this is, this isn't what I want to do for a living. So that leads me to another question yeah. because I think that was a, a very good point. Some things need to stay a hobby Yeah, because you love it. Doesn't mean you can make money at it. Exactly. And some things are just brilliant and smart, you're so good at it, you should turn it into a business. So how do you determine when you have an idea or a skill and it should remain a hobby or you should take it to the next level and try to build a business out of it? That's actually a really great question. And I think there's a couple factors because I don't care how much you love something, there's going to be times where you got to get in the, the mud of the thing of, of the business to make it happen. So, you know, your why is driven by that. For for me, my very first business was a pet sitting business. And what drove me was the peace of mind I could create for people that I, I sought myself when I left out of town. Like I was just talking about this the other day. I was talking to my fiance. I'm like, I need to start another pet sitting company because when I traveled, when I owned that company, I left with peace of mind. I have yet to find that. And so it was this driving factor for me that I knew I hired the staff that was gonna create that peace of mind because if they could create peace of mind in my house, I had the most difficult house (laughs) uh, around. And I knew that that was what was so driving to me and that's what was successful. So you identified a need. Exactly. People have this need they will pay to have that need taken care of or satisfied. Yeah, Yeah. and then with the cake business, I was like, I'm not gonna, like, this isn't driving enough for me. Like, if you're gonna stress out about a birthday cake for your two-year-old, like, I don't. You just I, didn't I don't have a passion for that. that. Yeah. Or somebody else, that would be their mission in life yes. is to make sure somebody's wedding or birthday goes so smoothly without stress. That's their why they need to turn it into a business for exactly. you. You like the end result, the exactly. beautiful cake or the delicious cake. Yeah, exactly. And I would love to provide that, but the stress providing that wasn't worth it to me. Where this, you know, the, the, the nitty gritty of what I could provide for people and, and, and the happiness made me made me happy. And I think there's you just have to test it out and you're going to feel it. Like, do you want to continue this or are you forcing yourself? You know, some people get in businesses that it's no different than a job They're, You know, they, right. like I had talked to a friend of mine who owns a sushi restaurant and he left the sushi business and went to buy dry cleaners and he was a business owner, but he's like, it was miserable. I was just running a business, but I had no passion behind it. And he sold that, went back to sushi because that's so he really bought a job. Him. He yeah. went and bought a job. Exactly. It's, it's exactly what he did. And so exactly. he wasn't able to fulfill his passions. So we will talk a little bit more after the break about how to pursue your passion as an entrepreneur, how to get started. What are the next steps? So don't go away. Aaron Smith will be right back. Early morning yesterday, I was up before the dawn. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and, and really on the web at DebbieSardone.com. 
but it must be moving on. Everyone hates a dirty house, but who wants to spend Saturdays cleaning? There's the vacuuming, the dusting, the mopping floors, scrubbing the toilets, cleaning the showers, and who even has the time to clean the ceiling fans or wash the baseboards? And if the kids have a game, well, there goes the weekend. That's why I use Buckets and Bows Maid Service. I love my busy life and my clean home. We know it's not easy dealing with a loved one who drinks too much, but there's help and hope at Elanon Family Groups. For a meeting near you, call 1-888-4-ELANON. That's 1-888-425-2666. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. Welcome back. This is Debbie Sardone with Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. And today I have an expert guest with us in the studio. We are talking about the entrepreneurial dream and how to get started. And I have Aaron Smith, the president and founder of the Starters Club and best-selling author of Master the start. So thank you, Aaron, for staying over after the break. This is just really good conversation about starting. Yeah, I love I, I just love talking about it because I feel so many people are just paralyzed by all the things they don't know. And they they live miserable lives because of it. And I think uh, people are paralyzed because of fear because they don't know what's next. The fear of the unknown is almost always worse than the actual reality of the fear that's mm -hmm. that's holding us back and so what do you say to the person who has made that list of pros and cons and they've decided this is what I want and I'm actually giving up too much if I don't begin to follow my dream of launching this business so they come to that conclusion but the reality is they have bills to pay and they mm -hmm. do have a job that's got guaranteed income where would you recommend they get started well, it, it's going to be, it depends, right? It's going to be, it depends on what's required to start that job. So if your job is opening a restaurant and, you know, there, that's your dream and, and that you're going to have to leave your job in order to do that, right? That's going to be, it require a lot from you. If it is something like my first business was, well, it was real estate. And then outside of that was pet sitting. I could, I worked from home. Uh, I did it with my now ex-husband so we could juggle right it wasn't required i had to leave my job i didn't know what i was doing i didn't have any intention of ever leaving a job to do it it was just going to be a fun project but you, you know you really have to say okay what can i do now can i work for a little while at night on this to get it to a point uh, i have a client right now we're working she's got a product and she's really kind of at the mercy right now of the manufacturers they're trying to get the sample right and but one of the things she can start doing now, and that's the plan we're making, is to get her name out there, to start being an expert in this field that relates to her product. And so we're going to put a podcast together, get content out there so she's not stuck in the water. Uh, so it's really what can you do now? To lay the foundation. To lay the foundation, exactly. Can you work at night? Can it, you know, If you can put three, four hours a night to this for five days a week, can you start getting that momentum? And so there's things you can do. So not everyone has to just quit their job no. and jump into the deep end of the pool. No, no. But understand it's going to take, it's always, I've yet to find this <laughs> to be proven wrong, but it always takes longer than you think it is. And it's always a little more expensive. So make sure you have that cushion in the bank. Make sure you're not banking on, oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be rolling in dough in two months because you're not, uh, you know, costs come up all that. And I'm not saying to discourage you. I'm just saying for you to plan on that. So you are prepared. So whatever you think, probably double it. 
yep. the time. If you think, oh, I'll be up and running in four months, you need to possibly plan for eight months. Yep, double time, double money. And, you know, at, you know, from the quitting the job perspective too, really sit down and say, what are you willing to hire out? Do you want to build a website yourself or do you want to hire that out and if you hire that out a what's that going to cost and b what can you get done in that time that's getting taken off your plate so you you just have to and this is where having somebody who's had experience running a business or knowing a business can kind of help you push you focus on this for that don't focus on that right now that's not important uh but really help you do you need to hire can you start doing this yourself till you make money and then hire behind that um dave ramsey always says like most small businesses are started with under five thousand dollars so a lot of times doesn't require what we you know yeah people imagine well you have to have thousands and thousands of dollars fifty thousand dollars but in most cases you can start small begin to generate some revenue and then instead of taking a paycheck just reinvest that revenue right back into the business growth exactly exactly so i talk with cleaning business owners nearly every single day who are either struggling or wanting to start their cleaning business and i always ask them are you willing to give this business 110 percent and when somebody says well i really just want to do it a couple of days a week and you know my family does come first which i'm a firm believer in your family having top priority they may not be ready Mm -hmm. because it really does take 110%, maybe not 110% of your time, especially if you did have to hang on to your career as you started your business, but it's going to take 110% of you, your commitment, your heart, your soul, your energy. And if you're not willing to roll up your sleeves and do whatever it takes, you probably aren't really ready yet. I would would agree with that because there's going to come there'll be things that you you get it all figured out and then you need this one thing and it's either hire somebody to do it or figure it out yourself and it always stay up till 2 a.m and get it done exactly exactly and that was what I, i grew up on a farm so hard work doesn't scare me it's all i know and so for me now that i look back on the businesses that i have i realized why i was i i went you needed me, I did it. Like I set boundaries, like I wasn't going to, you know, come at midnight or if you were going to call me late, I was going to charge you for that. I did set boundaries, but I did whatever it took to build that business. And I knew I would, and that's what made it successful. And I think, and when I hired people, you know, I'd get people, well, I just want to work a Tuesday and Thursday. I'm like, no, then you're not working for me. Like this is day in and day out. I will treat you well. I will give you everything, but I need you to give that back to me. You and wanted their full commitment. Exactly. Exactly. And so a lot of people, they they love the idea of owning a business. They love the possibilities of being an entrepreneur. But when it looks, when they realize the work that it's going to entail, uh, I see this with the online world all the time. They go for the easy, you know, right. oh, I, this is going to be so easy and I'm just going to pop this up and millions of people are going to give me $5 and I'm going to make $5 million. It's like, mm, doesn't, doesn't work, work that, that way. way. Anything that's easy probably wasn't worth it. Exactly. Anything that's worth it will be hard in the long run and, and not necessarily hard, meaning complicated or it takes, or, you know, a rocket scientist to figure it out. It's just hard work to it make anything work. work. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, everyone would be successful instead of 95% of all businesses failing within right. the first five years. So, you know, what I tell my clients is the concepts that you'll learn from me aren't complicated. They're not difficult to implement but they're not obvious. Right. And most people aren't doing them. And that's why most people aren't successful. So I assume you're not teaching anything that's super complicated, 
But they're things that people are probably not going to figure out on their own. Right. Yeah. So I teach a lot of like business fundamentals. Um, One thing I really focus a lot on marketing and sales. And what never ceases to amaze me is how many people have no idea, A, how to get their name out there, which I know is more difficult. It's easier said than done. B, though, when they are doing marketing, when they are putting money out there, they have no idea the return. And I tell people the profits are in the numbers because when you know your numbers, when even your time and your money, you know, just even hiring. A lot of people, well, I'm going to hire somebody. Okay, that's great. But do you know the return that's going to be on you? Because employees should be generating money for you. It should be a return on your investment. So either they're freeing up time for you that you can focus on other revenue generating things. They're bringing in income, however that is. So I teach fundamentals of the numbers you need to know, the things that are important and how to get momentum yourself. Uh, I'm a big one on this because I've been burned in several categories of people I've hired. And so I'm not one saying you have to be an expert like on web design or PR or whatever. That's not what I'm saying at all. But you need to know enough to get the ball rolling. My goal is when you're done with uh, with any of my courses, you can do it yourself and you know enough that when you start to hire, you can make the right hiring decisions, know what to look for, know who's pulling the wool over your eyes because unfortunately, there's a, uh, we've all come across them. There's a lot of novices out there claiming to be experts, even yes. if they're not doing it intentionally. Some are. They just really aren't at the expert level and so you can end up spending a lot of money on the wrong people, the wrong sources. So you basically get them pointed in the right direction. You teach them the things that they need to know have to to be done and then your entrepreneurs can figure out which jobs tasks right. they are skilled enough to go ahead and tackle themselves and which tasks should yeah. they outsource yeah so on so I have online courses and on the other side I do some consulting and in my consulting side I do a lot of cleanup a lot of asking questions saying okay this person is tra- just one yesterday okay great they're charging you a thousand dollars a month to do pay-per-click what are you getting in return for this are you bringing in $4,000 in in business by doing this. What keywords are they looking for? Where are your leads coming from? Are these leads that are actually purchasing from you? And so many people just, they are like, know. I have no idea. Yeah, they're, I'm trusting them. They told me they're going to do this, but uh, I don't know. I Track know. and measure everything. Yes. Track and measure everything. Yeah. You can't know if you're moving forward, if you have no idea where you were before you started, and if you're not tracking exactly how much growth is ge- is being generated yeah. by every dollar you spend. Exactly. And a lot of people think money is, you know, tracking numbers is your finances, which, you know, of course that's important. But like I said, knowing important, you know, what's the average Uh, or average lifetime purchases of your customer? How long does it take from a lead to become a customer? What's their first average purchase? All of those things, when you know those, marketing becomes so easy because you know either this thing I'm doing is printing money for the business, it's super easy, or it's draining. Or it's draining money. Yes. So that's one of the skills that you help them with is to literally learn how to figure those things out. Yes. How to crunch those numbers to determine customer acquisition cost or the yes. cost of losing a customer or losing a sale um, yeah. or, or generating a new sale based on the ads you're running or, yes. or whatever. Yes. Those and are important yeah. skills. And you know, one of the things that I've noticed as I've worked with entrepreneurs for, for the past 10 years is entrepreneurs take pride in being the best at their skill. And they think that's going to help them uh, grow their business. Yeah. You need to be the best 
at getting the word out, at marketing your business. And the sad truth of it is that's why some mediocre skill sets grow 10 times bigger than those with better skills, but terrible marketing skills. So after the break, we are going to come back and talk very specifically about some of those marketing skills that you teach these entrepreneurs that have a dream. So stay right with us. We'll be right back with Aaron Smith of the Starters Club. If you're enjoying this episode of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, give us a rating on iTunes today. Who says green can't be clean? Here's a tip that many professional home cleaning services already know. You can power through the grime in less time with our 100% naturally safe speed cleaning products. Don't waste your time with the products that don't work. Our non-toxic cleaners are safer on pets and people, yet tough on dirt. If you want to clean your home in half the time, visit speedcleaning.com and sign up for our speed cleaning tip of the week. The Center for Animal Research and Education is a nonprofit providing a permanent home to over 50 abused and abandoned big cats in DFW. Come out for a tour and meet our amazing lions, tigers, and leopards. For more information, go to carerescuetexas.com. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. We are back and we have been talking about entrepreneurialism, one of my favorite topics. And today's studio guest is Aaron Smith, president and founder of the Starters Club and best-selling author of Master the Start. Aaron, thanks so much for staying over after the break. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Well, we've been talking about entrepreneurs or people with a heart for entrepreneurialism. They want to pursue their dream. We've talked about how to get started. And one of the things we kind of ended the last segment with is how oftentimes entrepreneurs misunderstand how to grow a business and how to really become successful. They're so focused on their individual skill or their craft and being the best. And I know in the maid service industry, we're guilty of this. We think if we clean house better than any other company, we'll be successful. And then a lot of cleaning companies don't understand why their competition, who maybe has a mediocre reputation, their business is 10 times bigger than theirs. So if if it if the secret to success is not found in being the best at your skill or your craft, and it is found at obviously being really good at your craft, but being amazing at getting the word out and making sure people even know your service is available, help us figure out how to do that. How do you get started? Where do you go? Well, here's what's so, uh, this is why I love business now. So. I started my uh, first business 11, 10, 10 years ago, 11 years ago. And I remember I had no idea how to market. I had no idea how to get my name out there. And my goal, my game plan was to get into the yellow pages, the phone book. Like, oh, yeah, that was a little over 11 years yeah, ago. I t- yes. It sounds like yes. I, I it lived used to when, be where you had to be. <laughs> exactly. It sounds yeah. like I, you know, started a business when dinosaurs roamed the earth, but it was just a few years <laughs> no, ago. And yeah. I LLC'd, I launched the business, I built my own website, and the phone book showed up at my doorstep. And I was like, oh, I, I have to wait a whole nother year. Like, what am I going to do? And we are in it. I mean, just think about, you know, 15 years ago, you, to get a business, to get your name out there, you had to do really expensive mailings or TV and get the produce. And then you hoped you were getting in front of the right audience. And you had to wait for the phone book to come out next year. Yes. yes. And you had to wait a whole yes. year. And now 
it's so amazing between with social media, like you and I connected on Periscope, you can start networking, you can build your business without spending money. And then on the money spend side, you can start very small and, and figure out, am I getting in front of the right people? Am I getting the right message out there? And if you continue to, okay, this is returning a great ROI. Let's put more money at this. It's a really simple way to grow. Yeah, you don't have to commit $10,000 to a postcard mailer. No, no. And cross your fingers, you're getting in front of the right audience. So what if you only have maybe 500 to to $1,000? Where should you put that small uh, marketing budget in the beginning? Well, the first goal is to be where your audience is, right? So where are the places that your your audience may be? Now, one of the examples I give is you have to know what they're thinking and what's going on in their life when they're looking for your service. So a great example is an air conditioner. Let's say you, have, you run an air conditioning company. You're, if something is going, like if I just lost my air conditioner, right? It just went out, it's 100 degrees out here in Dallas. I am not going to be surfing on Facebook, hanging out with my friends and seeing what's going on. I am going to be Googling and searching for somebody who can get to my house immediately. So you understand, okay, they're probably seeking somebody who can come out right now to repair this. However, you could still do Facebook advertising because maybe you want to run a campaign where it's springtime. And so you want to focus on people who live in a certain size house, who make a certain income, who own versus rent. And you want to say, hey, it's springtime. We're running a great deal on your AC tune-up. So you really want to say, okay, first of all, what is going on in my customer's mind when they're seeking my services, when they need my services? Because your business should should solve a should be a solution or or solve a need and what's that need and where what's going on in their lives when they need that and then be where they are facebook is a lot of times the easy answer because most people spend many hours a day on facebook and what's beautiful it's it's creepy <laughs> if it's happening to <laughs> creepy you. Creepy but beautiful but if you're a marketer. But beautiful, yeah. If, if you can use that data, is Facebook knows a lot about you. They pull the data from you know the other services. They know how Which many rooms you have. They in your know house. a lot about my customer or exactly. my prospective customer. Exactly. So you are not guessing. You can say, okay, I want people who my customers are business owners. My customers um, make or a certain amount of money. Or pet owners or have kids with a certain within a certain age range. And so you really want to sit down and you know identify one of the exercises I do with my students is uh, understanding your customer and it's not a one-page sheet it's it's a nine-page exercise of really understanding who they are what they read what interests they have so I want people who follow certain websites and you know f you talk about these certain things and it's so incredible because for five hundred dollars you can really start getting in front of those customers and again you're not throwing out $10,000 and crossing your fingers to see what works. You're putting in $500, testing it. Are you getting a return on that? Are people seeing you? Are they buying from you from that? And then you can say, all right, this is working beautifully. Let and especially if you have narrowed down those psychographics. Exactly. You're not just, well, everyone's my customer because I need money. That's not going to work right. for you. But if you can narrow down, like you said, understanding who your customer really is. I mean, like in the maid service industry, obviously, sure, we'd love to clean everybody's home. But the reality is not everyone's going to hire us. Not everyone's going to be able to afford us. And not everyone can afford a professional service versus a less expensive private housekeeper. So what is that 
that group of people that I need to target. Well, generally, it's working moms and dads. It isn't the stay-at-home moms with a small baby. They don't quite have the disposable income to hire a pro. So it does start with identifying, and you help them, I assume, in the starters class to figure out who is their ideal customer. Because I would be willing to bet most people don't really have nailed down who the ideal customer is for them. No, and because like you said, they want to help everybody. Well, I just, if anybody will give me money, I'll take their business. And it's, and that's, it's not the case. You really have to identify and not just who you will, who you're willing to take money from, but who you want to take money from. Who do you want to work with? Do you want to work with difficult people or, and the more specific you can be, the easier marketing becomes because you can speak that message directly to them. If I see something that's, vague because they're trying to appeal to so many people i'm going to read that and be like eh, not for me where if they know what i'm going through they know the problem i'm having right now you know when i need their product and they they're speaking to a woman my age maybe you know a parent of little children whatever that is it's this no-brainer when i see that ad like i want more of what they have i'm interested in what they're talking about so there's you know you've got to do a little research it's not well i'm just going to do this and i'm going to help everybody no you're not otherwise you're always going to be competing on price if you're trying to help everybody you really can't command top dollar if you very specifically pinpoint who you can help the best yes where you can be better than anybody else in the world at helping this group that group will pay top dollar for your service. Exactly. So one of the, I have a program that I help chiropractors because my fiance is a chiropractor and they don't get very good business training at all. And it's very archaic. And one of my students, he is uh, very into fitness. He was a cheerleading coach for a long time. He knows, you know, the movement of things. (laughs) He then went on to um, CrossFit and he is this CrossFit expert. And now CrossFit's a very big thing. And CrossFit, <laughs> you are getting injured left and right if you're really, because it's a very competitive world. And I said, you know what? Stop trying to be all things to all people and focus on CrossFit. And you, you, are, you want to become, I can say this because I'm a girl, but you want to become that guy. Like when, when you talk and somebody has a CrossFit injury, it's not go to the person across the street. It's no, you have to see this person. And when you can be that expert, um, you know, JJ, my fiance, I love it when people are like, well, I'm not going to go to this chiropractor because he's a mile away. He's too far. JJ literally has people flying in from D.C. to come and see him because he is that he can fix them. He can do for these specific things. And so it's really important. He's the best in the world at chiropractic work for CrossFit injuries. And so that is the best point that you can make for any fledgling entrepreneur is any one of us in our own field, it's very hard to be the very best in the world at cleaning homes or the best in the world at chiropractic practice, but he can be the best in the world at CrossFit injuries. I can be the best in the world at being the most giving maid service in the country and especially in my city. So find what you can be the best in the world to and market to that group of people. Exactly. And so don't be afraid of, you you can always expand, you know, for my student who's the CrossFit. He, it's not that he, if somebody comes in without a cross, he can't see them, but people are going to talk about him in, in this sense. And like I said, you can charge more money. You know, experts get paid a lot more than, uh, you know, think of a surgeon versus a general doctor. Surgeon makes a lot more money. So how can People will drive further to go see him. Exactly. Exactly. So how can you create that 
a combination of, of a niche and a, use, a unique selling proposition in you know within that niche, I think, are important. And I think you made a very important point that people misunderstand, so they go the opposite extreme and they try to be all things to everyone, mm-hmm. so therefore they're basically no one. They're competing on, on the price or they're competing on location, like, well, right. if it's more than a mile, I'm not driving, because they don't stand out in any way. Right. And you nailed it. You're not saying no to additional business but you are saying, I am the best in the world at this. So if you have this going on in your life, then I am the only one you should see. And once you get that message across, people will drive miles or like in his case, yeah. they'll fly across the country to be helped by right. his expertise. Right. And it's it's scary for people because they feel like they're really going to eliminate possibilities and you know well what if I what if I only help men because there's 50% of women out there am I giving up all that income but it really it really does work opposite it's a hard thing to grasp but it's one of those that it's really important for you to do as a business to start in a niche start small and expand out and just be the best in the world and so what you're saying is any industry can do this somebody within the dog walking industry can be the best in the world at something within that you know and I don't know what that looks like if it's you yeah. know well we're the best in the world at at walking large dogs or it was minis it was, or yeah <laughs> well because I so I rescue that's one of the things I do and we are our niche was I took I have Rottweilers and a lot of sitters were scared of Rottweilers and scared of pit bulls and we provided a very high-end service I was going to show up when I said I was going to I was not going to you weren't going to get a call you you were going to leave stress-free everything was taken care of and it it worked that way but I also took we I, I had no I took on the dogs people were scared of because I was like there's nothing to be scared of that is so. a brilliant niche because I know people are listening thinking well I can't think of a niche for dog walking or maid service or pizza industry and you just nailed it you found a niche you found a group of people that you could help fearlessly you could be the best in the world at and you marketed to that group didn't mean you would turn down somebody else's dog that was fit your profile but maybe wasn't that breed but you were probably having people come out of the woodwork keeping you so busy so we'll come right back after the break and we'll talk a little bit more specifically about social media strategy so don't go away we'll be right back it was an early morning yesterday i was up before the dawn be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and, and really on the web at debbysardone.com. But I must be moving on. Everyone hates a dirty house, but who wants to spend Saturdays cleaning? There's the vacuuming, the dusting, the mopping floors, scrubbing the toilets, cleaning the showers, and who even has the time to clean the ceiling fans or wash the baseboards? And if the kids have a game, well, there goes the weekend. That's why I use Buckets and Bows Maid Service. I love my busy life and my clean home. Be part of the movement that is standing up to cancer and get the new Stand Up to Cancer app for iPhone. Visit the App Store or download by texting STAND to 31826 and tell the world who you stand up for. Message and data rates may apply. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. Welcome back. And today we will wrap up this last segment with our expert guest, Erin Smith. She is the best-selling author of Master the Start 
and the president and founder of the Starters Club. So Aaron, we finished the last segment by very clearly talking about identifying your ideal customer. I think we're all convinced we need to get narrower with our marketing. We need to identify who we can best serve better than anyone in the world. So once we figure all that out, we're ready to go to some social media tools, Mm -hmm. starting with Facebook. Tell us, where do we get started? What are some of the tools we should use to make that successful? Yeah, so there's some really great tools that Facebook provides, and I'm, I'm going to keep it as untechnical as I can so everybody can stay with me. But if Power Editor is one thing I would look up. A lot of people run ads just through the Facebook platform. And just Google Power Editor. It'll take you to where it is. And what Facebook has is a free tool called Audience Insights. And this is the most amazing thing under the sun because they will give you details. You can start to say, okay, what kind of interest, this is the person I think I'm looking for throughout, and the data is based on Facebook, but they'll give you insights into, okay, these people who have these specific interests typically spend X amount of money, typically have other interests that include this, and they give you all of these incredible details about your ideal client, things that we used to kind of have to guess for before. So before you ever begin, do your research and get in on there and see, okay, I think, for example, um, I want to get into the personal development world, right? So I know my clients are are reading Tony Robbins, they like Jack Canfield, Tell me more. So here's some interests that I think they have. Tell me more about them. Who else is out there that they like? Who else uh, are they owning their house? Where do they typically live? Do I need to focus on California? Or should I focus? You know, it's going to give you some incredible insight. So it's a great place to start. The other side to this, I'm going to circle back on tracking because I think this is one of the biggest things people miss is that they do what I like to call vanity ads. So they run a page-like ad, or they run an ad for clicks to a website, but no true way of gaining that customer's information. And so it's really important that you have a strategy before you ever click publish on any Facebook ad that you know, A, where you're going to send them, and B, how you're going to collect their information. Because a page-like will do nothing for you because you're going to get a like and then you have to pay Facebook again basically to let them see any posts that you share. So your goal is to figure out a way of how can I own this lead, okay? And whether you're going to track them with a pixel, it's very technical, but it's a thing that Facebook does to, you know, when you go to a website and you shop for something and then that item All of a sudden, it's always (laughs) appearing everywhere you go. Yes. Now, you brought up a very good point that I want to make sure people don't miss. We think you can buy all these likes by just paying for ads and get people to like our page. But you're saying just because you have 500 likes or 5,000 likes, those people who like your page may not see your your stuff unless you continue to pay Facebook to let them see it. So that's called organic reach, reach that goes out there for free to people. Facebook is every every new update they have, that organic reach is going down and down and down. And I'll have a moment where I'll get several hundred likes in a day and I'll put a post up and only like 50 people see it. And I'm like, okay, Facebook, can you at least let the people who just like my page see it? Like give them a chance to interact. 
So so if you miss yeah. that opportunity, you've paid for all those likes, you're saying instead create some kind of a landing page or some other yes. source to capture their data so you own it instead of Facebook. Exactly. Tell us a little bit about yeah. how to do that. So you want, and you want to do, so a landing page, there's a website and then there's a landing page. And a landing page is a type of website, but it's a much more simplified, it's a page. And so uh, I was consulting with a company yesterday and he's a doctor and he sends people people to the doctor website, which is great, but you've got videos, you've got um, information, you've got services, you've got all these things that somebody has to go through. And we all know attention span is extremely limited. So instead of cross again, crossing your fingers, this is what I like to call hope marketing. You're crossing your fingers, hoping they'll go through everything, go to that contact us page and give them, give you their information. It's probably unlikely to happen. It's too risky. It's too risky. So send them to a page where you're collecting their information. It's very simple. Like they get something for giving you their email, or maybe it's just, Hey, let us give a free consult, whatever it is. They give you that information and then it's your turn to put in front of them what you want them to see. So if there's videos that are really important that you want them to watch that push you as an expert, drip those to them in an email. Like you push the interaction and you own that contact information versus sending them to a website, hoping they'll come back, hoping, you know, they'll remember you because the reality is they're not. Uh, it's really important that you have a way to do that because that's the way you can test the success of a Facebook ad. So capture their lead immediately. Don't wait or hope that they will look at enough pages and land on the page right. to fill out a form right. and give you their email or phone number. Right. Capture that right away. Yeah. And if you can't, you know, use it like retarget, figure out a way. Can you create an ad? You know, they're, you know, they're interested in you. Uh, one of the things I did, I, I created a entrepreneur summit here. And if you got within certain amount pages within my website, I followed you all around Facebook and said, Hey, I know you want to come to this. So here's your ticket. Here's a discount code. But, um, it gave this illusion that I was advertising everywhere where I really wasn't. I was just advertising to the people who were interested in local, it. Local. Exactly. And, um, there's a lot of different techniques you can use, but make sure you're starting small. That's another thing with Facebook ads test. The great ads are not a one-shot wonder. They are tested. You're going to you know, test different perspectives. Start very small. It's like gambling. And get rid of what's not working for you and double down on what is. So what are some of the general rules for Facebook ads? Um, general rules is understand you have warm and cold leads. Uh, are you advertising to people who know you and like you and trust you already. And with that, you can push for a higher sale amount. So maybe you followed me and I've got a thousand dollar program coming up. My advertising to you is going to be different than somebody who's never seen me before. So understand there's a difference and use those things. You can upload a list, uh, a email list and say, here's my warm leads. Here's my, or hot buyers. These are customers who purchase from me all the time. I know I can run a different ad to them versus somebody who's never seen me before. Understand that. Um, like I said, start small. You've got different uh, components of your ad. You've got an image, you've got a headline, you've got the copy, you've got the landing page on the back end. Make sure you're testing all those different things to say, okay, this image is really resonating with people. Um, this 
headline is really working so let me make sure and you just have to test those different components of it and, and i like the example you gave of having your warm and cold list because if you're marketing to everybody in a generic way you could be selling the thousand dollar product to some of those people but you shouldn't be trying to sell a thousand dollar product to the ones that don't know you maybe it's a 97 dollar project product or it's a five dollar product exactly exactly you want to start really s the the colder they are <laughs> the lower it, it could be like a free opt-in to you know let they're them not going to risk you. with somebody they don't know no they're not going to pop down kind of which is kind of sales money. 101 anyway you never walk up to somebody you don't know and stick out your hand and say well people do this but it's not right. successful hi will you buy from me it doesn't work that way yeah exactly exactly it's People do business with who they know, like, and trust. So and what about bo boast, uh, boosting a post? You see that all the time from Facebook. You get a bunch of likes on a great picture or a comment, and Facebook starts begging you to boost this post. Should we do it? Um, if you can measure... If you can measure it, yes. And if you have great social proof on it, yes. And let me give you an example of this. I had an opt-in that... Uh, was really doing well. Like it was, it's one of my opt-ins I have. It's 50 plus business ideas that you can start today. And what happened was I put out the post and all these people were commenting, this is a great list. This is amazing. Thank you so much for sending me this. Because a lot of times we see all these things that show up and we're like, who is, I don't know who this person is. What do I do? But because I had that social proof there and I could track. So I knew if I boosted this post for $100, I could see how many people were actually opting in on that and I could track it. That was a smart boost because I had... And it then, already had proof that it had worked. So boosting that... Exactly. Only based on previous proof. Exactly. Or success. Yes. And I could... And boosting now allows you to boost in front of the right audience and, and all these different things. So you have to be smart about the boost. Don't just boost to boost. Again, if you have no way to track, don't pop down the money. Even $20. I, I did it um, the other day and I messed something up in the back end and it was just a $20 boost. I went through that $20 within a matter of like seconds, not really, but seemed like it with no results. It's like a slot machine in Las Vegas. <laughs> if you don't know what you're doing, you're probably going to lose it. It is. And it was just one setting was off. So be very careful. Know what you're doing. Have a way to track that boost. Um, and and if you've got great social proof on it, that's a really good reason to boost something. So before we run out of time, what about some of those other marketing online strategies like Google AdWords? Is there similarities? How, what would you say about those for us? Just to just to get us pointed in the right direction. Yeah, it's again, it's going to be where your customer is. So if you can, you know, if you know Instagram is a great place for you, by all means, make sure you're you're not just saying, well, Facebook, everybody's saying is the end all be all because Pinterest could be 80% of um, women are on Pinterest. I think it's 93% of people buy from things they see on Pinterest. So that could be another great avenue for you. And from the Google AdWords to the um, Facebook ads, understand it's a different audience. Usually when I'm on Google, I'm searching for something I specifically need and I'm ready to spend money because I need whatever it is I'm searching for. Typically, Facebook you're just popping up in my newsfeed when I'm trying to see my friends and family. I'm not there to shop or seek anything. So understand that difference. And for a lot of people, Google AdWords still makes a lot of sense. It's one of the things I used to build my business because people were specifically searching for 
So um, with Facebook, you're trying to interrupt their socializing and entice them to, hey, you should buy this or you should connect with this. Whereas with Google AdWords, more than likely they are looking for something that you have to offer and you want to grab their attention. Exactly. Exactly. Fantastic. You want them to come see you. Well, tell us, Erin, if somebody wants a little more advanced help, they want to get involved in the Starters Club or join one of your mastermind groups, what is the very best way to reach out to you? I'm very easy to find. So you can find me at thestartersclub.com. Don't forget the the, thestartersclub.com. Uh, you can, uh, I'm on social media at the Starters Club, pretty much everywhere, Twitter, Periscope, all of them. And, uh, I have a Facebook group too. If you go to getabizstarted.com, is a great resource for a bunch of people all starting. So they can just join that Facebook group for yep. free, start asking questions, get Absolutely. a little help. Yep. Fantastic. Well, Aaron Smith, best-selling author of Master the Start, president and founder of the Starters Club, helping entrepreneurial pursuits all over the world. Thank you for being our guest today. And anyone who's interested in becoming an entrepreneur, check out Aaron's website.